Amen. A place that was once a uh, brothel will now be a church. Uh, seeing the gospel go forth. Uh, man, I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for, for uh, Thai and for his ministry and what the Lord is doing there uh, and how he is leading. Uh, the Lord is leading through Thai, and we're very, very thankful for that. You know, uh, our dollars uh, go a long way. Our euros go a long way in Thailand. And so uh, that building they're standing in front of is five stories. And so it does have to have, you can imagine what it used to be, the renovations that it's going to take, but it's, it's small compared uh, to what we can do together. So I'd invite you to make sure that you're involved and you're a part of the one day offering. Uh, my family's going to be involved in it. So you make sure and do that too. I do, if you give me just a moment, he mentioned about a young lady who came in to the church uh, and uh, the way that young lady came into the church in Thailand earlier this year, there was a prominent Christian leader who was murdered and thrown into the river. And the funeral was broadcast live all over Thailand. And the leader of the Thai Baptist Convention boldly proclaimed the gospel where it was seen all across uh, Thailand. And a lady came in because she had seen that funeral and said, if this is true, I need to know about it. Only God, only God. And so I'd ask you, you join with us. Man, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing, uh, doing there all across all of our campuses. So you be faithful, you join with us uh, and give to that one day offering. Today's first day and you can give to that. It'll be through the uh, end of the year. So you plan to do that with us. Today, we're gonna be continuing on in our series called Go Tell It on the Mountain. And I'm going to be in Luke. In fact, we were there last week, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to be there for the next couple of times. And so this is an incredible passage. Often, uh, you know, we read a passage, we kind of walk through it, and then we move on. Uh, this passage is so rich, and I'm thankful that we're just going to get to spend some time here uh, last week, this week, uh, Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas morning. So if you have your Bibles, I hope that you do turn them on, open them up. And uh, I'm going to read this passage together with us. So if you would, would you stand in the honor of reading God's Word? And at the end, as Zion has said, uh, I'm going to say, this is the Word of the Lord, and we're going to say, thanks be to God. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what, this shep at what the shepherds told them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> you know, there are things in our, in our world, in our lives that uh, are difficult to talk about because we're, we're always a little worried maybe about uh, they can create some conflict and they can create tension. You're always heard, you know, you don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, uh, don't talk, uh, in today's world, don't talk about vaccines, you know, those types of things. You know, the odd thing is, is that everywhere you go, people want to talk about those things. And so uh, I, I did another one this week, uh, and I want to, you know, i just let you know, I'm, I'm, we're all in this together, you know, I, I kind of... There's another thing you really don't talk about, and that's a woman's age. You never ask that question. <laughs> I was at a situation this week, and uh, a, a lady that I know well, and uh, I, she was talking about her birthday, and I started asking questions, not meaning anything by it, I, I, but I didn't notice the guys in the background going, no, no, <laughs> bail out, bail out. And I just kind of kept going. Thankfully, I knew the lady, and uh, there was no big deal, no, no hard feelings or anything like that. But uh, one of the other things that gets really, really tense for people is when they start sharing their faith, or they feel like they ought to share their faith. There's an opportunity for them to proclaim who Jesus Christ is and uh, what he's done in their lives. And many times, I don't know about you, but many times we step back and we hold off because we're afraid of a conflict that could arise. We're afraid that there's going to be some tension that may happen. You've heard us say several times over the last several weeks, heard me say over the last several weeks, we don't have anything to be ashamed of or worried about in speaking about Jesus Christ because there's all kinds of people out there today who are proclaiming their truth. We know there's only one truth. They're talking about all kinds of things that help them get through their situations. And we may look around and go, what? Are you kidding me? Like you're trusting in that? And when we have the truth, of the truth, the gospel of Christ that we can come to bear with, we can bring to any situation and, and we don't have anything to be ashamed of. So if you're one of those people like myself sometimes, who you're a little concerned about stepping out there because you're afraid of the tension or the conflict that could happen because of you speaking a word about Christ. Well, I want you to hear today's for you. Today is for you because we're going to be talking about the shepherds. You read or you heard today, hopefully as you're walking along in there, uh, that this angel comes to shepherds. And today we're going to do something that I enjoy doing. I ask a lot of questions. I'm a question asker. So I ask a lot of questions. Today, we're going to be asking some questions of this text, and we're going to be able to see some things, I hope. So I hope you've got a piece of paper, a pen, you're thumbing some notes in, and uh, we're going to start. The first question that we, we're going to bring to this text is this, is who is it, who is it that God had decided to send? Who did God send? Not just the angels that he sent to, he sent them to somebody. Who is it that he sent them to? Notice with me in verse 8 what it says. Verse 8 says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. 
In the same region. What region is this? This is the region of Bethlehem. This is where uh, Mary and Joseph had gone because of the census that they were uh, that, that Caesar had said, listen, you got to go back to the, to the house and the line of the father of the, of the male. And so they went back to the city of David, to Bethlehem. And it says, so in that same region, there were shepherds. Well, who were shepherds? And there's a phrase here that I, wanna, I want you to put down real quick. Who were the shepherds? Well, the shepherds were common people. The shepherds were common people. Uh, the question that I ask now then is, well, why did God send them to common people? Why did they send them to the shepherds and not send them to priests? Why did he not send them to kings? Why did he not send them like to uh, the Caesar himself? What is that? Why did that, not, why did that not happen? Well, I mean, I think there's several reasons that we can think about. Uh, I want to kind of think through this a little bit for a few moments, though. I, you know, I think there are, there are people who are always... Uh, that we read, that we talk to, that you commentators, you know, many commentators believe this, that Jesus, sent, or that God sent uh, his angel to the shepherds because he wanted to emphasize that he was the great shepherd. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus is called the chief shepherd. He's called the good shepherd. He says that his sheep, his people, they hear his voice and they, 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 they know him when he speaks to them. I, I, you know, I think that's a, probably a legitimate reason why. I don't think it's the, the primary reason, though, why God sent them to, uh, why God sent the, the angels to the, uh, to the shepherds. You realize that the shepherds were the very first evangelists, so to speak. They were the very first people to ever hear about the proclamation. God had a plan for these shepherds. God may have been, you know, it's commonly thought that the, 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 the shepherds around Bethlehem, they tended to the lambs, with Bethlehem being very close to Jerusalem. You remember what happens in Jerusalem? That's where temple sacrifice happens. And so either you brought your animals with you or you could purchase those animals. Well, it's commonly believed, commonly thought, commonly written, that the fields around Bethlehem are, are where newborn, sheeps, newborn sheep were taken care of. These are sheep that would be utilized in sacrifice. These are sheep that would specifically even be utilized in the Passover. So Jesus or God may have been uh, wanting to portray a message, foreshadow a message that Jesus is being born. He would be the Passover lamb, the one who is, you know, maybe, I think that could be. I think more than that, though, I think, as I stated at the beginning, I think God sent the angel to the shepherds because they were common people. They were common people just like you and me. They were work a day. They did a job. They had a hard job. He went to them because he wanted them to know. He sent the angel to the shepherds because he wanted them to know that Jesus, the one who is born, he's for everyone. He's for everyone. You know, we have a tendency to think in our own mindset uh, that if we can find the most popular people and if they could just come to know Jesus... Let's find, it, it, we put our faith into 
politicians, that if this politician is a believer and then things are going to change, if this superstar, this athlete who's a follower of Jesus, their platform is going to be so big and man, this is going to, this singer, this songwriter, this artist, and we can name politicians, we can name singer-songwriters, we can name actresses and actors that we, who are believers, and that if, man, if, if they would just utilize their platform for the Lord, man, there would be revival. But you realize that's not how God has chosen in his word usually to ever act. That's not how he utilizes things. God uses common, everyday people. Do you realize that God used the shepherd boy to become king? You, you realize that God took fishermen, people, I mean, just fishermen, and he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men, and the world is going to change. He took a nomad... Abraham from a pagan country and said, you're going to go to another land. And through you, I'm going to bless the entire world through your line. He took a lady named Yael, who was a tent wife, and destroyed, destroyed the army of Jabin. You see, God's always used common, everyday, workaday people. And I need you to hear me. If God uses the shepherds to be the very first evangelist, he appeared and they were the ones who probably saw Jesus, the newborn baby before anyone. If he used those common people, I need you to know he can use you and me. He desires to use you and me. He's given you salvation, the light of the world. The only, Listen, we're all praying for peace in our world today, but I need you to know Jesus is the only peace for the world today. And he has saved you so that you and I, common, I'm looking around this room. I hope you don't mind me calling you and me common. I don't see kings and queens. I don't see high and mighty powerful Maybe they're here and I don't know it. Please come see me afterwards. I've got a few things I'd like to talk to you about. We're, we're common everyday people. And the Lord has chosen you. He has saved you so that you and I, we get to go and spread the news of great joy that peace has come. And his name is Jesus. You realize, the I know this may be, some of you may not know who this is if you're young in the faith or you're young in your years, uh, but uh, the famous evangelist, Billy Graham. Did you realize that B Billy Graham came from a family of dairy farmers? Came from a family of dairy farmers. The, the famous missionary, William Carey, through whom all of modern day missions began to happen. Do you know that he was a tailor? He was a tailor. For those of you who don't know what a tailor is, made clothes, <laughs> okay? He was a tailor. John Bunyan, the famous author, Pilgrim's Progress, he came from a family of handymen. Not high and mighty, but common, everyday people. This is who it is that God chose. This is why he came, the shepherds, were the ones he came to. This is why he sent the angel to them first. 
so that we might know that, listen, he can use anyone. Jesus has always been about the upside down kingdom. What we think is the proper way, it's probably going to be a different way. And his way is probably, usually, always the best. You see where I got to? Probably, usually, I need you to hear this, it's always the best. And so his plan today is to use you, to use you. Some of you today, you've been waiting, you've been waiting to share the news. The Lord, from the very beginning of this series about going and telling about going and proclaiming peace, about going and proclaiming, listen, Jesus has come to save you from your sin. We began asking, hey, who is that person? And you've been waiting, you've been putting off, you've been been a little scared, you've been a little anxious. Well, I need you to know, today's the day that he's brought you here. He's given us another opportunity so that he can use us, common everyday folk, just like he chose to use the shepherds. So who was it? Well, they were common people. They were shepherds. Here's the second question that I want us to ask today. The second question is, well, why did they go? Why did these shepherds go to proclaim? I want you to look at verses 9 and then 13 and 14. Look at verse 9, then 13 and 14. It says this, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And suddenly, verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. There's a couple of reasons of why, uh, of why uh, I think they went. Why did they go? Why did these shepherds go? I think there's a couple of reasons. The first one is this, is I think they had a, they had a fear of the Lord. I think they had a fear of the Lord. In the original language, and I want to make sure that you catch this, when I say fear, I do do mean a reverence. I do mean an awe. But I also think that, and you're going to see this in a minute, I hope, is that when the glory of the Lord broke forth, there was a fear. This is the living God. Oh, my word. I've got to do something. Verse 9, look at verse 9. In verse 9, the original language here that this is written in, uh, literally translate that they feared a great fear. They feared a great fear. These folks were terrified. I mean, when when, when when the glory of the Lord broke open and broke forth, they were terrified. Here, I don't know about you, at your home, uh, maybe you put angels on the top of your tree. You have an angel. We have a star on ours, but we used to put a, an angel on the top of ours. I don't know why we changed. Amy made the decision, but had an angel. Maybe you've got angels that you use. You know, we think, and we, I said this a few weeks ago, we think angels are these cutesy little fluttering things. And you know what? In the scripture, when someone saw an angel, do you know what happens? Everywhere, they fall down as if they are dead. They are terrified. I mean, an angel has appeared and they fall down. But do you notice what the angel said? And I love this. I love what the angel says. The angel says, fear not. I'm bringing you good news of great joy. Don't be afraid. I think the reason he said that is because he wanted to make sure, hey, you're not being punished 
But there is something that's happening that I want to get your attention with that is very, very important. You see, the shepherds were under Roman oppression. During these days, the Rome ruled the known world. And the Caesar, the Caesar of that day was Caesar Augustus. And in the Roman world, Caesar was literally looked at as a savior. He was the one who brought peace. He was the one who brought freedom. And so for the shepherds, freedom, okay, I guess it's in Caesar. Now, they were Jewish, so they knew that hopefully one day a Messiah would come. But to begin to proclaim anything like freedom and peace in another name other than Caesar would have been seen as treason. Another king, someone else who is rivaling Caesar, and the angel breaks forth and says, this, a savior has been born for you. A savior's been born for you. And they were terrified at this. They weren't terrified at the message. They were terrified at the sight. And folks, I, you know, when, I've, when I've, I have read this and look, well, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'll come back. This, I'll come back to this. They were terrified. You know, some of you, you may be terrified to share your faith you may be really, really concerned about that. You hear me say each week, you hear a message often about going and sharing, going proclaim, go and tell, go and tell, go and tell. And you're going, I, I really want to, but I am terrified. Do you realize the shepherds would have been terrified to go and proclaim another savior, another peacemaker? Because Caesar was the only one. I believe that he broke forth and, and they were fearful. The Lord allowed that to happen so that they could break the fear. They could break the fear cycle of Caesar. That there is a God, a real God who has come and he has told me to go. He has come and told me to go. Let me, let me give you an, an easy way this week. I think that you could open up the door in your Maybe it's with a friend. Maybe it's with uh, your workplace before you go out. Ask somebody, hey, how are you going to celebrate the holidays this season? What are you going to be doing? And I use that word holiday necessarily specifically, okay? Because it kind of opens the door nonchalantly. What are you going to do? They're going to tell you, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Do you know what probably they're going to say to you next? What are you going to do? Ding, 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 ding. You've been afraid about trying to broach a subject? Okay, well, they're, they're asking you. You've been afraid corporate policy might say you can't do that. Well, they, they're asking you. And when they ask you, man, I'm going to celebrate Christ. I'm going to be going to church. I'm going to be worshiping on Christmas Eve. Hey, you want to go with me? I'd love for you to go. Let me tell you about how Jesus has changed what's happened in my life. And, and see, folks, I don't see how that, how does that, how does that bring harm? Someone has asked you what you're going to do. You've been praying for an open door. You've just created an opportunity for you to be able to share. Don't fear what they say. You bring to the fore, you bring to the fore who Christ is and why it is that you believe in him and why you worship him during this season. 
Why did they go? Because they feared the Lord. The second thing I think they see is that the, we see is why did they go is because of the glory of God. They went because of the glory of God. Notice in verse 9 it says, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. I don't know about you, but uh, I, it's easy to think the shepherds are out in a very dark place. A very, they're out on a hillside. They're laying out. They're looking at the stars. They're just kind of out there. Uh, the way this lets us read, the way I believe that it's helping us to see is that they weren't necessarily looking up and seeing the sky. It says that the angel appeared to them here. And it says, when that angel appeared, it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. You know what the glory of the Lord is? It is the full weight and character and being of all that he is. Here they are at the night sky. They didn't have any of the street lights. The only thing that may have lit up the night was some stars twinkling. And it says that the glory of the Lord shone all around them. The the great bright light of who God is, the full weight of, he, of who he is, it shone forth all around them. No wonder they were filled with fear. Not only that, it says that immediately after that, after they shared, that there was a multitude. You know, you remember from Revelation, multitude means more than they could be counted. We're not talking 10. It says, was all around them. And what was he saying? Glory to God in the highest, this light. Oh, my word. I remember several years ago, my family on 4th of July, we were, we were down in Gatlinburg on the 4th of July. We were down, not on the main strip, but just off of it. And it, they were having a fireworks display. And it, I don't know, I thought maybe they've screwed up or something because it felt like the fireworks were going off right above our heads. It was bright. It was bam, bam, popping. It was going crazy. I'm looking at Amy going, I was terrified. We've got to grab our, what are we going to do? Let's get out of here. We, we still talk about that as a family today. I need you to hear, take that amplify it by infinity, this is what the shepherds saw. No wonder in fear, no wonder in reverence, no wonder in awe, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Why did they go? Because they had just experienced something they had never seen before. Common, everyday folk, something they'd never seen before. Folks, do you realize the Lord... I don't know about you. He's never broken the skies open like that for me. I will tell you this, though, and you may find this hard to believe. There are mornings when I'm sitting right down here when I feel like the, the glory of the Lord just opens up because I'm hearing our voices sing. He speaks. I'm hearing him, and it is like, ah, oh, yes, this, the Lord is here. There are mornings I get up and I'm tired, I'm wiping sleep out of my eyes, I'm trying to figure out how do I get upstairs without falling in this cup of coffee, and I sit down at my desk and I open up the Word, and as is, it's as if glory fills the room because of what He's telling me. I, I wish I could tell you that happens every morning. 
I wish I could tell you that every week when I get here, this happens. But I need you to hear me. Listen, if we're not participating in the body, if we're not listening to his word, the word came to those shepherds. Glory was around them. And they couldn't do anything but go tell it on the mountain at that point. And I, I would venture to say that if we're not participating in worship, not just corporately, but privately, we won't go tell. Because what? We've not been changed. We've not been in the presence and awe of a fearful God who, yeah, he's probably not going to do what he did with them because Hebrew says he's left us his word now. His word is for us. We have access to that every single day. Every single day. The glory of the Lord shone around them. So who went? Common everyday shepherds. How did they go? Why did they go? And they went because they were fearful, fearful of the Lord. They were out of reverence, out of respect, out of awe. They went so that the glory of the Lord pushed them out. But how did they go and tell? That's the third thing. How did they go and tell? Well, they went and told with urgency. They went and told with focus. And they went with joy. Look at verse 15 through 17 says this. When the angels went away from, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. Why did they go, uh, how did they go tell? They went and told with urgency. Look at verse 16. Verse 16 says they went with haste. Listen, if we're going to go and tell like the shepherds did, that means we're going to have to stop waiting for others to come to us. We keep thinking and wondering, God, if you really want me to share, if you really want me to proclaim, if you really want me to tell, bring someone to me. Listen, this is not all, uh, and I, I want to make sure and say this, he will do that sometimes. Yes, if your eyes are open and you're aware, but usually that's going to be as you're going. For some of us in here, again, you've been praying, we've been praying for you, you know exactly who it is that you need to be sharing with, and now with urgency, with intentionality, as the shepherds did, immediately it says they got up and they went. They went to go see. They went to go look. They wanted to know. Folks, in our day and time, fewer and fewer people just wander into a church. You realize that? I, I, I hope you realize that. Usually, we don't have people just walk in. Someone in here has invited them. You've told them. You've sent them a link. A link you gave them a card. You've walked into their life, and they begin to come. Uh, rarely, uh, and I, I want to make sure and say this, we should have a both and. We need to go and tell, and we need to be praying that they come and see. But usually, those who come and see are the ones that you have gone and told. You've gone and told. The, the evangelist, Billy Graham, the, his association would always keep up with folks and, and uh, with people who had made a decision for Jesus Christ, who surrendered their life to Christ at, the, at their crusades. They had, 
I don't remember what the statistic is, but it is overwhelming, overwhelming. We look at that and see people flooding. If you've ever seen old videos of, uh, of his revivals and their crusades, people coming from everywhere, uh, their statistics will tell, will tell us, or did tell us, do tell us that the overwhelming majority who came, who surrendered their life, it was because a friend had invited them, had been already speaking to them about that. You see, they went with urgency to proclaim because it was a priority. You realize they're keeping sheep. They're keeping watch over their sheep by night. It was so urgent that what they were doing, they got up and left. Some of you in here today, whatever you're going to do today, it needs to be a priority that you call, you text, you go by someone's house and say, listen, I've been putting this off. I need to share this with you. It should be that urgent. And I don't say this uh, to stir up or I just want to be truthful. Do you realize there are people today who will die and they will go to an eternal place called hell because we are under judgment because of our sin? That is a real fact. And today, because he's chosen to use common people, people who out of fear of the Lord, because of the glory of the Lord, because he has shown around us, because we know who he is. We know the Savior of the world. We need to go. How? With urgency and with intentionality, just as these common people in the scripture did. The second thing that they did, how they went and told is with focus. They, with focus. Luke 2, look at Luke two seventeen. And when they saw it, what is it? That Christ child, that whole scenario, that whole scene, when they found him, when they saw it, it says they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. What is the saying? What, what was the saying that had been told to them? Look at verse 10 and 11. Back up to 10 and 11. The saying was this, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, bring, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Who is Christ the Lord. That's the saying. That's the saying they went and they shared with everyone they saw. That's the good news that you and I have. Do you realize that Jesus has been born? Someone's going to look at you and go, that's crazy. And you say, well, what you're believing in is crazy. You think your money's going to get you somewhere. You think your fame is going to get you somewhere. You think that all your great answers in education, I'm telling you that Jesus has come. He is the only one who can bring peace, who can bring love, who can bring joy to us. He's it. This is what is, we have to do. We have to, this is why I say often, and I am going to ask for a show of hands here. How many of you have heard me say before, get to Jesus quickly? Oh, good. That means the rest of you are going to hear it today. You need to get to Jesus quickly. I want to tell you, there are so many things that we can get pulled into conversationally, culturally, that we need to speak into. We need to get into them. Uh, whether it is gender issues, sexuality issues, uh, right to life issues, euthan euthanasia, abortion, uh, 
all kinds of things. And we don't need to, uh, to avoid those. But I need you to hear me. The first thing we need to get to in those conversations is Jesus because he sets the foundation point for where we're going to go in any argument, any discussion. You realize my job is not to win them over on an abortion discussion. My job is to show them Jesus Christ and that he is the only one who can change their life. And then out of that, then I begin to talk to them about, this is why I believe what I believe. People begin to ask you about your gender ethic. Begin with Jesus. Begin with Jesus. They want to talk to you about why you do what you do. Begin with Jesus because he's your foundation point. Because they may not like your position, but I want them to hear about Jesus first. Share Christ with people. Why? Because he uses common people who we have been awed. We're in fear of him. We stand in fear of him, in awe of him, out of reverence because his glory has taken up residence in our life. And out of that, now we go with intentionality, with urgency, with focus about Jesus. You say, is that... Are you sure about that? Yeah, turn over to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Many of you are going to know this passage before you ever get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 says this. Paul's writing, and he's writing to a church that was really messed up. They had the Lord's Supper out of place. There was sexuality in the church that was of craziness. They were dividing up into all kinds of factions. Some people were of Zion. Some people were of CJ. Some people were of... That's not true. I'm just kind of putting this here. And here's what he says. He says, for I delivered to you of first importance, of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with all the scriptures. When he went to them, What he came was knowing Christ and him crucified. He said, I came to you with much fear and trembling. You go back to the beginning of 1 Corinthians. I came to you with fear and trembling. Listen, if Paul was fearful and he was trembling, that that ought to put us in good company. You, You realize you're in good company. And he says, but the thing I came to you about was of first importance that Christ Jesus, he died. He rose again. This This is what the common people went to share with great joy, with urgency, with intentionality. The final thing that I want to encourage you with is this, is not only did they tell with those things, they told with a a great joy. Look at verse 20, and I close out. And the shepherds returned. They returned. Where did they return? They went back to their fields. They went back to their job. It says they returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Did you get that? They returned with joy. Listen, you can't glorify and praise God without joy. Praise Jesus. Boy, my life's been changed. People are going to look at you and go, are you kidding me? No, God's changed me. You've got to know this. Great joy, proclaiming and praising, glorifying. 
This is how they went about telling all that they had seen. This is the urgency they went with. This is how they were in fear and trembling. Yes, we serve a great God, but I need you to know he has greatly saved us. He loves us. He loves you. He came. He's come that we might have peace and freedom. This is why Jesus came. Listen, at this time of the year, we are told that gifts and parties and drink and food and all of, the, all of these things is what brings happiness. And I need you to know, I do get happy during these days. I love it. But we also know that January 1's coming. January 15's coming. All that's gone. But Jesus never fails us. He is the one that brings joy eternal. And, and folks, if you're waiting and hoping in Christmas morning, listen, I need you to know that Jesus is going to be there in the middle of summer when your world is falling apart. Jesus is the great joy. He's the great peace that we have. So today, so today, what are we going to go tell them? We're going to go tell them the great news of great joy that there has been born unto us a Savior and he can bring peace to you. Today, as we close out, we're going to close out in a time of prayer. Uh, I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come on up. Joshua Cox is going to be playing under us. And we're just going to sit for a few moments. And here's what I'm asking that you would do, please. Here's what I'm asking. I, I'm asking if you haven't had that person in your life that you've been thinking about that needs to know Christ, you're not... You, you're going, uh, you know, Kyle, I just walked in here. Or, you know, I really haven't taken that seriously and I haven't been praying about it. I want us to take a few moments and I want us to pray and ask the Lord, who is that person this week that I go with urgency, with intentionality, with joy to proclaim the message? Some of you in here today, you already know who that is. You already know. And you've not yet. I want us to take a few moments and just say, Father, would, would you move me? Would you move me out of... Uh, today, God, would you give me courage to walk away from here and do that? Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you. I'm asking that you do something today that only you can do. We proclaim that we're common people, ordinary work a day. We're not rich. We're not famous. We, we don't have a platform that millions see. Father, today, I'm asking that you would use us, that in this moment, that we would catch a glimpse of your glory, that we would be encouraged, that we'd be challenged, that we would take the peace that comes from Jesus. That peace that in the midst of our fear, we'd go and share, go and tell, just as the shepherds did. In this moment, I'm going to ask that you, you speak to the Father, that you ask the Holy Spirit to encourage you and to challenge you. I'm going to ask that you would ask the Spirit to go before you and that he would prepare the heart 
of the one you're sharing with today. I'm going to ask that you stand around the room today. We're going to close a little differently. We're going to sing in just a moment. Go ahead and stand up. We're going to close a little differently. We're going to sing our song, Go, Go Tell It on the Mountain, before we walk out. But as a corporate response, as a corporate prayer today, we have a a corporate prayer that I want us to read together. It's about the nations. It's about going. It's about telling and asking the Father that he would draw all nations, all nations to himself. And you realize the way that happens is through common folk like you and me. So I'm going to turn around. I'm going to read this with us. I'm going to be, I think I am. There we are. I'm going to read this together. Jeff, you mind if I come in here with you? Oh God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Father, we honor you. We magnify only you today.